This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. All right, final hour for us on this Thursday night, Dan Grosser Show. 98.7 ESPN. Football is here. Football is back. Giants are going to open things up on Sunday afternoon, late afternoon, in the Music City against the Tennessee Titans. And one individual who will be there is our good pal, who, of course, covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. It is Jordan Renan. Jordan, thanks for hopping on again tonight. How are you, buddy? You got it, man. Yeah, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to be making that tough trip to Nashville, spend the weekend there, walk across the bridge to Nissan Stadium, which is a pretty cool experience if anyone has done it. Yeah, it's, tough, uh, toughing it out it's in a, Na- It's a pretty good city. Yeah, t- toughing it out <laughs> in Nashville still when it's technically summer. That's really a brutal trip. You know what I mean? Brutal for you. Hey, you know, the trade off is anybody, you know, wants to go. Christmas Eve day to Minnesota, <laughs> you know, when, when both those teams could be, you know, long gone out of it. I don't know. That's not, not quite as exciting, but uh, Hey, let's enjoy what we got here. Or like the jets. You got new year's Eve in uh, Seattle. You could be experiencing that one potentially. So uh, we'll see, but six hours on that flight. That's yeah, a long one. Six that's hours that, to Seattle. You don't want that one. I think, um, Let's start with what happened the last week. I was surprised, and I'm sure a lot of others were. Blake Martinez was shown the door here a few days ago. Was it just a combination of things, Jordan, you know, as far as coming back from the injury, maybe never hit it off with this coaching staff and a fit for this scheme? Is that really what it all boiled down to? Because they didn't save a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, well, it wasn't wasn't about the money. It was more about... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. He didn't hit it off with the new regime or really the new defensive, uh, staff probably is probably the right way. And in the end, they just both decide, okay, it's better for us to move on. Look, the giants didn't, they weren't planning on getting rid of Blake Martinez. Like if they were planning on getting rid of Blake Martinez, they would have done it a lot earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. 10 days before the season is not the time ideally to do it but it kind of had reached a boiling point where they both sides decided that this was the best way to go. Uh, and now the Giants are stuck saying, looking for really to fill a middle linebacker spot, a starting spot. Like Blake Martinez was going to start. They wanted him to be their starting middle linebacker. Now, I think what the, the point of contention was is they had a plan, and what we saw this summer is all you saw was Blake Martinez look like he was going to be a two-down linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't going to have the role that he maybe used to have. He wasn't going to have the influence on the defense that he used to have. He wasn't the play caller anymore. Uh, so, in essence, he was getting phased out a little bit. I mean, this is my interpretation of it. Uh, he was getting phased out a little bit, right, because he's not the signal caller. He's on the last year of his deal. They made him take a pay cut. It's a new regime, and now he's only playing two down. So not the ideal spot for him. And then so now, now that they make this decision both sides, the Giants have to say, okay, well, how are we going to fill this spot? We have Austin Calitro, who's been a career journeyman, quite honestly. I think he's been on nine teams. And then you have uh, Micah McFadden, who's a rookie, who's going to be playing a significant role now. And uh, I think the Giants are probably worse off for it as a team. 
And why, I mean, not for nothing, though, but they wouldn't want to just bite that bullet for a season because Dayball, you know, like when he met the media. Wait, after, who's they? The Giants? The Giants, sure. What if, uh, what if Martinez really didn't want to be there? Do you think that there was some of that, too? Was like, I, I, I mean, I, this, was a, this was definitely not a one-sided decision because the hmm. Giants were planning to have Blake Martinez as their starting middle linebacker. They wanted to have him as their starting middle linebacker, at least on, you know, early downs and rundowns. So, yeah, I, I think they just reached a point where both sides figured, you know what, it's better to move on than to have, you know, basically two unhappy parties in, the, in this relationship. And so I, I don't think it was just like, okay, the Giants were like, yeah, yeah, let's, we, we want to keep him. And then did Blake really want to be there, I think, is the question. That's a fair question. And, and like, I, I found it pretty telling when, you know, Dayball met the media, like, after the move was made. And he was, you know, he was kind of hush-hush about everything, which kind of, if you read between the lines, you know that, yeah, there was probably some acrimony there. And that's why the two sides decided to part ways. And, you know, we'll see who benefits from it here one way going forward. And, look, if you're the Giants right now and where they are, Is it Jordan, possible nobody? It's possible nobody. Possibly nobody. Un- unless one of these I, linebackers I like you. I is, is Micah McFadden the next, uh, you know, great giant line? linebacker then then they'll really hit a home run but who knows right we'll, we'll get our answer Michael to that McFadden soon. as a rookie going to be better than Blake Martinez I think that's that's a that's a hard uh you know that's that's hard to come to that conclusion at this point you know just say that to say that definitively you know very fair. I think that I'd be surprised if it turned out that way now when you and I talked earlier in the summer you were legitimately optimistic I don't want to say high but you were optimistic that this defense could actually open some eyes this year and surprise um and a lot of that was going to be rooted in the 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 front seven specifically the the front four there with the d-line you still feeling that way even though maybe the two edges are kind of banged up a little bit heading into the season with Kayvon and Ojolari yeah, I do think that. I think maybe it'll take time now, like with, with the two of them out, and it doesn't. Uh, my interpretation from seeing it so far, I mean, I haven't seen either of them run yet. Right. So, ha- having not seen either of them run, I'd be surprised if they're going to play. We'll see what happens tomorrow at practice. Maybe they turn them loose, but I, I'd be really surprised if we saw those two guys. Uh, so without them, yeah, it's going to be a struggle because that's what we were. You know, that's what the hope was built on. The hope is built on having these, you know, good pass rush and. You have finally have some edge rushers that at least, you know, threaten other teams and, you know, can scare other teams a little bit. Uh, so I think eventually they will. Without those two guys, I think it might be ugly early on. I mean, this is the 25th ranked run defense last year. Now they didn't get Blake Martinez back, so they really don't have a middle linebacker to fill that spot, which was the problem last year. Uh, they don't have their edge rushers, right? And they're facing Derrick Henry in week one, so kind of, a healthy Derrick Henry, and when he's healthy, we see what Derrick Henry's been. So it's kind of like good, good luck to the defense if that's the case this week. I think it might, it might be a rough opener, but I do think the defense, especially as we go along here in the season, can be significantly better. As long as they could rush that pass, I think it's really built on that. But then Wink, Wink Martindale's going to do that. He's going to bring it from all sides. That, that's, that's his philosophy. He's not going to hold back. You know, you mentioned Wink, and certainly, you know, they've had their share of coordinators over the last few years, you know, different guys, and some guys who were actually, like, well-respected, you know, before they came to the Giants. And and for a variety of reasons, you know, things just didn't work out. How, from what have you seen so far, like, in terms of the attitude, you know, the demeanor, Wink Martindale versus maybe some of his predecessors as far as a defensive play caller? Yeah, I mean, he's aggressive, and he's, he's unabashed at that. But, I mean, so was James Betcher. 
The problem was, I mean, who was who was on the defense at the time? The talent was just. I mean, you go look at the defense when James Betcher came. I think that was what, 2019 season at this point, and look who at the Giants had on their defense at that point. I mean, it was really rough. But I do think that now Wink Martindale has some pieces to use, right? Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a good player in this league. Aziz Ojolari is a quality player. Leonard Williams is a really good player. Dexter Lawrence is, is a really good player. Um, you know, Dory Jackson is a solid player. You just got to keep him healthy. Xavier McKinney is a really good player. I mean, I think he actually could be the best player on their defense when all is said and done this year. Like, he he's going to be a really good player in this league. So they have some pieces for Wink to use. And so I think that aggressiveness, as long as they can get those edge rushers healthy, I think it's going to really pay dividends here. And this is going to be a, a, a improving defense is, I think, the way the best way to say it. Talking Giants with Jordan Renan here on the Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. It's, I, I found it interesting that Dayball gave the team off today as opposed to Tuesday, which is generally the off day for players around the National Football League. Is this just like a one-week yeah. trial, or is he going to try to do this the whole season long, thinking that there's a benefit to having Thursday off instead of Tuesdays? No, no, no. This is sort of like a Labor Day uh, oh, weekend kind of thing. Okay. So because you come in, because they had off on the weekend, if you know, then if they you, you would come in Monday and then have off Tuesday and then c- come back and work Wednesday, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to kind of okay, if we're at least if we're going to come back Monday, let's work Monday, Tuesday, and we'll have Dubai later in the week. And what he told us was that this is kind of what they did in Buffalo the, for the last few years around Labor Day weekend. So I think it's just a Labor Day weekend thing, and uh, Tuesday is going to be their normal day off. And I've been around, by the way, Dan, teams that have tried to alter that Tuesday being the uh, the day off, and mm-hmm. it never really worked. It ne- like Chip Kelly tried to do it on Monday, and I, I forget someone else did, but I remember when I was in Philadelphia, and that didn't, doesn't go over well with the players because if you make it a different day, then, then they like, feel like they're forced to come in on other days. Like Monday they felt like, okay, we're getting, we have to come in and get treatment on Monday after games, but that's our day off. So now we're really not even getting a day off. So Tuesday is like the standard NFL day off, and the Giants are going to stick to that. Yeah, remember McCar- McCarthy? Didn't he make the Packers practice a lot on Saturdays? Like he would, he would have them out there on Saturdays. I don't know if he still does it down in Dallas. I haven't kept track of it, but I always thought that that would be like something that he would implement with his to- uh, type of schedule and things like that. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Most teams they do like walkthroughs and stuff on Saturday. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was, was it McAdoo? I think who actually had the Giants do some some practices on Saturdays, or maybe it was Shermer. I mean, they, they, these things are getting lost in yeah. the mix at this point. <laughs> it's changing so often. But yeah, there was a point where you know they did a little bit more on Saturdays. But every team does stuff on Saturdays. It's just a matter of you know what you want to call it and what the tempo is and how hard it is. And uh, actually, it might have been Judge actually in the beginning of the first year wow, doing Jim. more stuff on Saturdays. Yeah, so. and that's surprise, really surprise. and that's really hazy because that was the COVID year. So I mean, a lot of us are trying to forget that season uh, altogether with everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know it's hard to say because preseason and you know the guys are not all playing that much, and it's tough to get a read. But right now, you know, a few days before the season opener, would you say the offense or the defense is ahead of the other when you look at this football team? Right now, it's got to be the offense because they're the healthier unit. And I think they got better as the summer went along. And so I, I feel better about the offense at this point. The only player the offense is going to be missing uh, come Sunday is Shane Lemieux, mm-hmm. who's on 
you know, who's on the IR right now. Uh, so, I mean, you're talking about he was this, probably going to be their starting guard, but he was sort of an unproven player anyway. And all the receivers are actually practicing and, and, and as healthy as they've probably been, right? Sterling Shepard is trending towards playing. He said he's ready to go. He's coming off that Achilles tear late last year. You got uh, Kadarius Toney, who really was dealing with some sort of hamstring problem and in and out. It didn't, didn't, hasn't, you know, been a full participant in practice for like a while at this point, right? Probably like three or four weeks. So the fact that he's healthy, I think that's a bonus. And Saquon, you know, made it through the summer with nothing. I mean, there wasn't a day where he wasn't available for practice, right? So he was available every single day to practice. And for a guy with a big injury history like him, that's big. Yeah. And so if you have a healthy Saquon Barkley, like the dude can play. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. If he's healthy, he's a real threat. So the offense, to me, trending in the right direction, a little more comfortable under Brian Dable, uh, you know, learning his system. I, I think the offense, to me, I think, they, I think they could put up points on Sunday in Tennessee against that defense for sure. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast up front. They're going to have to learn how to deal yeah. with him. I mean, he's a, he's I mean, I, he should be a household name soon. We'll see if he is by the end of the year. But anybody who knows the game, of course, he, he is a But they're a, a secondary. Load. Oh. Yeah, he, first of all, I, I, I was just looking at the defensive player of the year, Oz. He's like like around 10th in that list. So in order to be 10th in that list as an interior defensive lineman, you've got to be really good. So he'll wreak havoc. But, you know, there, this isn't a great secondary. They lost Harold Landry, who's a double-digit sack guy. That's a big loss. Last year, that's, that's a big loss for them. So, I, And this, I, I think the Giants can do some damage. You know, they, there's a lot of unknown. I, and th- really, that's what you want to see. It's been so unwatchable the last few years. Just, if they could just put some points on the board and, you know, be semi-exciting offensively, even if it's at times and sporadic, it's such an upgrade. I think it would be just a more enjoyable experience just to watch the Giants and be like, okay, they're making progress. Like, that's just what, that's all you need. I think that Giant fans want to see at this point. No one's expecting them to go 12 and five or 11 and six or whatever. You know, I, I, go seven and and I was going to say seven and nine. I, I can't know get it's, it right. It's it's it's, it's ingrained. Good. It's going to take a while. Go six and eleven. Go six and eleven, and be you know score 24 points a game and be a little more exciting and, you know, go up and down and have some, you know, back and forth games. And I think people look at that and be like, yeah, we're moving in the right direction. This is a successful season for this team. Well, uh, it's funny you say that. So let's dive deeper into that. A successful season. I don't think you could quantify it by numbers, as you just said, because I don't think it's realistic when you're talking about implementing a program like they are right now. What to you, give me something that when we're sitting here, you know, that first week of January and it's all said and done, what would qualify as a successful season for the New York Giants if what happens? Well, if they, I mean, this is the dream, right? If they know that Daniel Jones has a great season and, like, this is our guy, we have our guy and our quarterback. I mean, that's, like, the, the just perfect season for them, right? That's, that would be just an absolute bonus. And you, you, I don't know how that can happen and you look at it as an unsuccessful season, right? If they're like, wow, we have our solution at quarterback, we don't have to use all these assets to find a quarterback, that would be a huge success. But just to see them be successful offensively, seriously, score 20-something points a game, just shows you, okay, we have the right coaches in place where we can build around this team. Okay, they still even if, even if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, okay, 
you know, we need to find that quarterback. Once we find that quarterback, we're trending in the right direction, you know, offensively. Um, we, we have something that we can build around, and we have a, an offense schematically that we know works. I think that would be a successful season for the Giants. Like, yes, you've got to win some games, but if they go 6-11, and 11, mm-hmm. right, and show signs of life offensively and just look like, you know, let's say a lesser version of what Buffalo does, like, wouldn't you be happy with that? Like, would, as a Giants fan, wouldn't you say, okay, that's pretty good. We'll take that. Is that the number that you're, that, that's floating around in your head for the season in terms of prediction, 6-11? and 11? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that is, that's kind of the number that I'm on right now. I know the over-under 7, which, by the way, seems like you look at their roster from top to bottom. If you just look at their roster, you're like, 7? Like, that's really high. Yeah. But, but their schedule is super soft. They have some very, very winnable games. I mean, they play at home against Detroit. They play at home against Houston. They play at home against Chicago. I mean, yeah, I know. Those teams are looking at the Giants like, well, we're playing the Giants. We have a chance to win. Sure. But those on the scale of, okay, would you rather play at home against Kansas City or Denver or anyone in the AFC West, or would you rather play, you know, the Houston Texans? Right. So I I do think their schedule is manageable. So they should be able to win some games. And, uh, you know, they'll win a game or two probably that that they shouldn't win. Also, somewhere along the way, which is which would be a nice change up from the past couple of years when, you know, Dan, you watched them the last few years when they're like down 10 points. You're like, oh, game over. Right. I mean, they, they scored 15 points a game last year. Yeah. Not especially in this NFL. You know, if you're only putting up 15 in this NFL, which is tailor made for the offenses to be successful, then then, you know, you're struggling a bit. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and you're right, looking at, looking at this schedule, seriously, like the first 10 weeks, I mean, there's an opportunity for them to maybe be in like four or five games and who knows, maybe steal them. It's not impossible. No, it's not. I mean, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tennessee. I actually think they're going to regress this year. Uh, so, I mean, I, they're underdogs and significant underdogs, but it's not an unwinnable game, especially week one when we see crazy things happen all the time. What, what's your what's your where where do you stand on the set the, the over under seven with them? I would probably go slightly under. You know, like if you're going to give me, yeah. I'd love like if it's seven and a half. If you give me seven and a half, I'd love to come in right at seven. I think that would be perfect. But I think you got to be realistic. I was surprised, Jordan, more than anything, that the giant over under was like two games higher than the jet number because on paper the Jets yeah. have a better team. Agreed. That's the Giants' problem, especially depth-wise. If they have, once they have injuries, I don't know how they could survive at certain spots. Yeah, I was surprised about that. Well, we'll see what happens. But they take into account the schedule. They're smart. They're not. Vegas is not stupid. All those... They're not stupid. They know. They say. They say, hey, we know they can win some games. I think anybody who looked at the Giants' roster and saw seven was like, whoa, I got to pound that under. Like, there's no way they're going seven. Then you start looking at that schedule. You're like, well, eh, it's not crazy. All those tall buildings in Vegas didn't build themselves, as a wise man once said. So that's that's, right. that's what it is. Well, listen, my friend, have a safe trip to uh, Nashville. Enjoy yourself. I know it'll be difficult, of course, in that city, but uh, we will look forward to I'll doing this again real soon. I know you'll tough it out. You'll 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 do yeoman's work, <laughs> of course. But uh, we'll do it again soon, pal. But uh, thanks for hopping on. You got a man anytime. All right, there's Jordan Renan covers the Giants for ESPN. It's, it's you know. I, what does it mean, right? Like, what is a winnable game? You know, what does it mean in theory? But it is a winnable game, I think, for the Giants on Sunday in Tennessee. I don't love the Titans either. And as a matter of fact, 
We'll take your phone calls. You want to react to what Jordan had to say? Some giant prognostications, giant feelings for the upcoming season. 800-919-3776. And I'll give you my NFL season picks. We'll go through the divisions, give you playoff teams, Super Bowl, everything. Dan Gross' show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. On what is a busy Thursday sports night, of course, the start of the NFL season, sloppy game, you know, a little bit of a turnover fest so far. Buffalo's turned it over twice. Rams have turned it over once. But the Bills have a 10-7 lead at the two-minute warning. Fast-moving first half. You forgot how fast football goes here. It's kind of weird, like, seeing the game again, like, in L.A. at SoFi. It's just you think it's like we're back at the Super Bowl again, you know? And, I mean, that's the virtue of being the defending champ is you get to host that season opener the next year. But Josh Allen doing his thing. You know, he made the one miscue on the INT, but he's 17-19 for a buck 53. Stafford also hasn't been bad, 11-13 for 87. Stafford and Cup hook up from four yards out. Uh, Gabriel Davis hooking up with Josh Allen from 26 yards out for the touchdown. And the Bills also attack on a field goal in this first half. Yankees in a little bit of a nail-biter, 2-2 in the top of the eighth against the Minnesota Twins, seeing if they can punctuate the four-game series sweep from Minnesota. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to Mitch. He is in East Windsor. He's up next on 98.7 ESPN. Mitch, how are you? Good, Dan. How you doing? Good, Mitch. What's going on? Yeah, I, I think both New York teams will be picking in the top six next year. I mean, it's going to be some quarterback draft. You, the Giants, they're hurting. Are you were talking about their defense might it should be better? I think their offense looks pretty bleak, other than the running back, Barkley. Um, well, well, t- well, let me ask you a question, though. Why would you have, why would you have confidence, let's say, in Barkley more so than everybody else when Barkley's a guy who's battled injuries here the most? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it comes to the game, but I don't. You can't hold it against him. I, I, I guess he's a little brittle, but he, coming out of college, he was so good. I mean, Daniel Jones plays good sometimes, but right, 
Is he going to be picking next year? You're going to have like, there's going to be like five quarterbacks in the top in the first round, I think. Well, they're going to have, like you said, Mitch. All right, the, the, there is going to be a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. We think. We still got to play a whole college football season. A lot of these guys who are rated high right now, who knows if they're going to have good seasons and, you know, be warranted to be taken in the first round. But if you think the Jets and the Giants are going to be among the, you know, like you said, five or six worst teams in the NFL this year, I don't want to have to go through that. No, I'm just being honest with you. I, I don't want to have to live through that. I mean, how many more how many more years of bad football do we need in this city, Mitch? And I thank you for the phone call. I'm not saying you're wrong. Because what would give you confidence right now if you're a fan that either the Jets or the Giants or both are going to be able to turn it around this season? They've been the two worst teams in football. I think it's along with the Cleveland Browns or maybe Jacksonville, one of them. Probably Jacksonville. Two worst teams in football in the last, like, five, six years. Right? So why should you have faith that both are going to be able to have good seasons this year? I mean, especially the Giants are, like, year one of a rebuild. New coach, new GM. I mean... I thought it was maybe refreshing isn't the right word, but I think it was a little out there and unconventional. Unconventional is probably the best word. I think it was unconventional when Joe Shane and Brian Dayball had that press conference. What was it last week? You know, they're kind of like heading into the season presser. Where Joe Shane went up there and basically like spilled the beans and let, you know, the cat out of the bag and told you the worst kept secret in the world that, yeah. We're in salary cap trouble. We were in salary cap trouble the entire offseason. That's why we didn't make big moves, right? That's why we weren't very active in free agency because Dave Gettleman left us a mess. He left us a pile of garbage that we're still trying to sift through. And he said, we'll have more money to play with next year. And I would expect a really, really active offseason for the Giants next winter, next spring. But... They still got to go out and play this season. And they're going to take their lumps. But like Jordan and I were talking about, like you look at the Giants' first 10 games. I'll give it to you right here. At Tennessee, home Carolina, home Dallas, home Chicago, at Green Bay, home Baltimore, at Jacksonville, at Seattle, home Texans, home Lions. You mean to tell me there's not winnable games in there? Really? You know what's funny, too? In that first 10, the Giants only have one division game. So let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Five of the Giants' last seven games are against the division. But there's some opportunities there for them. Where I said you could win maybe four or five of those first 10 games. And if, if I asked you as a Giant fan right now, when is that 10th game on November the 20th? So that's like taking you right into Thanksgiving because you're playing on Thanksgiving this year against the Cowboys. If I say to a Giant fan, hey, on Thanksgiving Day, before you sit down to watch them play the Cowboys, you could be 4-6. and six. Would you sign for it? Of course, you'll sign for 5-5 five and five because who wouldn't want to be at least average like where this team is, you know, and, and, and they only won four games last year. So why not improve upon that? I mean, you got this program headed in the right direction. And then on the flip side, you look at a team like the Jets, who might be better on paper than the Giants, but their schedule is just downright brutal. But do I think that both the Giants and the Jets are going to be picking in the top six of the draft next year, like Mitch insinuated there? I would say no. 
You know, I told you, I think the Jets are going to be better than a lot of the world thinks they're going to be. They're not going to be like bottom five of the NFL dreadful. That's not happening. Even with Zach Wilson down for a few games, and even with this uncertainty now surrounding Dwayne Brown and his shoulder, I think Jets will be a little bit better than that. Giants, I think the Giants will be picking before the Jets in next April's draft. Don't know what spot, but they're going to be the team that draws the earlier pick. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Now, when we come back, I've been teasing it, I've been promising it, you're going to get my NFL picks for the upcoming season. You don't even have to watch the season. Like, if you want to make plans on Sundays for the next, like, 17 weeks, be my guest because I'm going to tell you everything that's going to happen anyways. No bother, no point in even watching. Dan Grosser Show till 10 right here. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Sloppy game. Sloppy game. Bills have turned it over now three times, two Josh Allen picks. Hey, that's what happens when you don't play guys in preseason. And they're out there running around together for the first time basically in months. And that's why the first week or two of the NFL season, the play is less than spectacular and less than, you know, you're expecting to see. Not exactly too many fine-tuned machines in the first couple of games. Yankees are actually trailing the Twins, too. 4-2, bottom eight. Carlos Correa, go-ahead two-run blast. Off of our pal uh, Greg Weissert, the uh, Fordham Ram, the old Fordham Ram. Um, So the Yanks got some uh, coming from behind to do, and we'll see if they can get it done. They got six outs to play with in the Bronx. All right, time for NFL picks. The Dan Grassa 2022 NFL picks. We'll start in the AFC. In the East, I like the Buffalo Bills, regardless of what's happening tonight. Bills to win the division. I got Miami in second place. Jets are going to be a third-place team this year in the AFC East. And as I've been saying for months, New England Patriots have the least amount of talent on paper in that division. And they will finish in last place. Bill Belichick will be unable to pull a rabbit out of their hat there. And they're going to finish in last. You know, they're not going to be dreadful, but... um, They're the least talented team in the division. No other way around it. North, we talked to Kadri a little bit earlier on the Ravens. I like Baltimore to win the North. Cincinnati, they're going to be good, but I'm still not all in on the Bengals, even though they went to the Super Bowl last year. Like, let me see them back that up with more prosperity, right? Pittsburgh is still Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a head coach. Even though they're going to be playing a musical chairs game at quarterback, I feel. And eventually, they're going to give way to Kenny Pickett sooner rather than later. And I think Cleveland will be the last place team in that division because no Deshaun Watson for 11 weeks. They're going to be unable to recover from that. In the South, I like Indianapolis. Um, I've got burned by Indianapolis last couple of years. But I think Matt Ryan is certainly a better fit to lead that team than Carson Wentz proved to be. And I like that defense, certainly, and throw in Jonathan Taylor. They could do a lot of good things, and I think the Colts will win that division. Tennessee, I think they take a step back this year. And don't be surprised, boys and girls, if Malik Willis is quarterbacking this team by November and Ryan Tannehill rides the pine just because they're looking for a spark. So look for that in Tennessee. Jacksonville will be third. They'll be a little bit better, but still a couple of years away under Doug Peterson. In Houston, one of the worst teams in the NFL, they'll be in last. In the West, the AFC West is the best division in football by far. Not even close. All four of these teams can go to the playoffs. 
Like, that's how capable they are. Trying to pick one, two, three, four and slot them in order was extremely difficult. I went back and forth about 8 million times. I got the Chargers finally winning the division. You know, eventually, Justin Herbert, who people want to put in Canton already and put him on Mount Rushmore, eventually he's going to have to make the playoffs, right? To, to back up all of that lofty praise and all the statistics and the yards and the touchdowns. More importantly, though, I think they went out there and they had a heck of an offseason in terms of upgrading the talent. So, Chargers win it. Kansas City's not going anywhere, though. They're going to be the wild card um, second place team in the AFC West. I'll say Denver finishes in third. Russell Wilson has the ability to catapult a football team and help them win football games with little around him. But I think he's got a lot around him offensively. Those receivers are very, very good. I think Javante Williams could have a breakout season at the running back position. Remember, Javante Williams was a guy who split time in the backfield at North Carolina with Michael Carter of the Jets a couple of years ago when they were both there. And I got Vegas in last. I don't think the Raiders are going to be bad, but they play in the wrong division, and I just think those other teams are better. Plus, remember, Josh McDaniels' first go-around as a head coach did not go swimmingly when he was in Denver. I need to see it before uh, I can actually believe it. So that is the way I have the AFC. Division champs, Buffalo, Chargers, Baltimore, Indianapolis. Wild cards, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and maybe my upset pick as far as a team that makes the playoffs this year. How about the Denver Broncos? Everything I just said about them, Russell Wilson. I know Nathaniel Hackett, a first-year coach. He's got some proven to do. But I'll say Denver slides in and gets that last wild card spot in the AFC. Taking a risk, taking a flyer. I know the schedule is really, really brutal on paper. But I'm rolling with Russ. So that's the AFC there. NFC East, Philly wins the division. Been saying it for weeks. I'm not jumping off now. Dallas will finish in second. Still the Cowboys. They still got some talent. Giants. Giants will be your third place team in the NFC East. And then in last, it's going to be Washington. They're a mess from the top down. Carson Wentz is completely out of my circle of trust for here on out from what he hands, the way he imploded last year in Indianapolis leading that team. So that'll be the East. The North, Green Bay wins it. Minnesota, I'm not as high on as several others are. Detroit will be in third. Chicago will be one of the worst teams in football. They'll finish last. In the South, I'm picking the Saints. Saints are going to win the division. Don't sleep on that roster. I know the quarterback situation with Jameis and Andy Dalton, all right, it makes you a little uneasy. Dennis Allen, the visor, you know, never really took off as a head coach before when he was with the Raiders. But that Saints roster from top to bottom is loaded. It's a better roster than Tampa Bay has. I know Tampa Bay has Tom Brady. They'll finish in second place. But something has to eventually even out here for the Bucs, right? Brady can't be leaving for two weeks during camp and have all this drama going on off the field and then expect to just pick up where he left off as if nothing was wrong. And remember, this is a guy who was retired for five minutes during the offseason. Bill Parcells always said, if you're thinking about retiring, you're already retired. Well, I think it's going to have a little bit of an effect on this football team this year. Carolina will finish third. Atlanta will be last, one of the worst teams in the league. West, give me the Rams to win the division. Arizona, as much as it pains me, because I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury at all as a head coach, but by default, I'll take Arizona in second place. Why? Because San Francisco, who I think has a good team and has a good roster, 
but they did so much this offseason screwing up the Garoppolo situation, and I don't know if I'm fully behind Trey Lance yet. Right? The guy only played a handful of games last year, still has a lot to prove. I think that'll cost the Niners a couple of games here. And then Seattle will be last. You know, they're playing for a new quarterback next year. The Geno Smith, Drew Locke, uh, modus operandi this year is basically don't go out there and screw up our draft positioning. That's what they're advocating, I think, out there in Seattle, though they're not going to come out and say it. So the division winners, Green Bay, New Orleans, Rams, Eagles, wild cards, Tampa Bay, Dallas will slide in as a wild card this year. And Arizona, I, I had to pick somebody. Arizona will be the, the third wild card this year. And I'm not on the Arizona bandwagon at all. What it tells me is I had a heck of a lot more problems sorting out the AFC. The AFC is a lot deeper than the NFC is. NFC, I had a hard time coming up with seven playoff teams. So there is a disparity between the two leagues, no doubt. Championship games, here you go. AFC, it's going to be up in Orchard Park. Bills, Chiefs, Bills get their revenge. This time the game is in their building, and the Bills go back to the Super Bowl. NFC Championship. Aaron Rodgers will go back to the NFC Championship again. He's going to host the game. He's going to host the Rams. It's going to be cold. It's going to be nasty. And a sunny weather team is not going to go in there and beat them for the second time in three years. I don't count San Francisco because it does get a little chilly there. I meant Tampa a couple of years ago. I think Green Bay gets it done and Rodgers gets it done. The ayahuasca, the trip to Peru, all that stuff, whatever he was doing, the body cleanse, all the wacky stuff, going to get him back to a Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57, Bills, Packers. I think Buffalo finally gets their Super Bowl. So the ghost of Scott Norwood can be put aside. You know, Scott Norwood in Buffalo is basically going to become what Bill Buckner was in Boston. Once the Red Sox finally got over the hump and won that World Series in 2004, Buckner became like a hero again and all was forgiven and he was welcomed back with open arms and got standing ovations. That's what's going to happen with Scott Norwood when the Bills hoist the trophy this season. They're going to bring Norwood back. They might even let him kick a few field goals for fun. But they're going to cheer him, you know, and, and that stuff has kind of subsided too, you know, after Super Bowl 25. But Buffalo, Green Bay, your Super Bowl, and the Bills will be on top of the NFL mountain. I know I tried to go in a different direction because everybody and their mother likes the Buffalo Bills, but heart wants what the heart wants. Same thing with the brain, too. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>